Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hey, hey, hey. So today, we are going to be talking about House of the Dragon, Episode 5. We light the way. We light the way, and we're lighting the way right into our daily reminders of our socials and email here. So if you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is at fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com, or you can get at us on Instagram, at fantasyrewindpod, or Twitter is good too, which is at fantasyrewind. If you get in contact with us, send us an email, a DM, a comment, whatever, let us know, and we'll send you a sticker. And as a reminder, we're doing our contest. You can check out the details for that on our socials. Um, but if you send us an email or if you, you know, get into our DMs or comment on those posts with, you know, some of the some feedback for the show, what you like, what you maybe don't like, or what you would like us to cover in the future, maybe a take you agree with or disagree with, uh, that gets you entered in. And as always, we are just asking that, um, like, wh- whomever we end up deciding or, to, or like, you know, once we get everyone's entries in and doing our generator thing or whatever, we'll uh, reach out for you for your address information. information. Yeah. And again, this is only US-based, so sorry, international listeners. Maybe we can figure something out later on with that. But as of right now, shipping's just... So jumping right here, let's get into the Fantasy Rewind. Fantasy Rewind. Rewind. All right. Episode 5, House of the Dragon. Hey, look at that. I got that right. (laughs) We light the way. So I'm going to come out right and say it that I was really happy with this episode. Last week, I'm on record saying, well, maybe I edited that out. Uh, I was on record, (laughs) at least in my mind, saying that I enjoyed last week's episode of Rings of Power, episode 3, more than last week's episode of House of the Dragon. And this week, it (laughs) flip-flopped. I really enjoyed... This week's episode of House of the Dragon versus, I, I mean, I still like Rings of Power, but there was just some parts of it that I was like, eh, whatever. It just wasn't quite as good as last week's. Now, I think, I don't know about you, Dylan, um, and you'll give your information, your take in a moment, but I really like that this episode gave us a lot of exposition, continued building up to the eventual, eventual release, right? But we still got like a little slice, like a little, a little taste of the conflict to come and i think that was very gratifying in the way they did it and they are really really doing a nice job of like building up pressure and releasing just enough to keep us like oh man so what were your thoughts on episode five we light the way so yeah i'm just gonna go on record again and and i don't know if you added this out of last week's episode or not but i did i've been on team House of the D all the way. So House of the Dragon for me has been above Rings of Power. And I feel like this episode, again, just solidified that. Because Mm. how I felt about this episode is exactly what you just said. We had more exposition, more buildup, leading to the eventual Dance of Dragons taking place. But more so, you had that little release of tension, which was enough violence, enough like gratification to actually keep you coming back for more and for you to be entertained and hooked in by the plot and what was going on with Sir Kristen Cole and the Night of Kisses. So I'm going to come out and say this as well. And I don't think I covered this on the last um, episode where we talked about 
um, Rhaenyra and Sir Kristen Cole, um, blo- their blossoming relationship. But in the book, Fire and Blood, it never goes so far as to them sleeping with each other. However, as we saw, this series, House of the Dragon, is changing that a little bit. And the reaction we get from Sir Kristen Cole in the novel, Fire and Blood, is a little bit different than what happens what we see on screen here. But how I felt about this episode is I felt like given the past changes they've made with Sir Kristen Cole, that this episode, his release and his beatdown and brutal murdering of the Night of Kisses made so much more sense because I felt like it was like he felt very repentful of sleeping with Rhaenyra. He wanted to try to regain some of his honor by marrying her and taking her over to Essos. She shut that down and he was repentant and holding it against himself and then let it slip to the queen and held that even more against himself that he wasn't being punished. And it was just the Night of Kisses flaunting what he knew a little bit too much and it finally pushed Sir Kristen Cole over the edge and he let go of all of that rage on the Night of the Kisses' face. So I just kind of summed up the entire episode there a little bit. But again, I felt like this episode was quite good and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of meat to dig into here. So let's go ahead and start right at the beginning where we're on a boat. We're on a boat. On a boat. We're on a boat and King Viserys is just seasick. And you think, oh man, wow, he's not doing too hot. And they get to <laughs> they get to the island there. I'm assuming it's an island, right? Yes, it's an island. Well, yeah. kind of an island, yeah. Anyway, we get to uh, King Corliss's kingdom, realm, castle. I don't know the names. Leave me alone. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Driftmark, Mike. You get the drift drift mark. Mark. <laughs> Driftwood. Driftmark. Got it. Um, we get to the Driftwood, Driftmark, and um, we realize quickly realize that King Viserys isn't doing too hot just in general. He's coughing. He just, he looks not so well. Uh, he definitely looks older. So you don't, you don't, I don't, it, there wasn't really much of a time jump here, but it seemed like there was with him. Everyone else seemed pretty much the same, but he seemed older. I felt like that was his deteriorating condition based on the ride that he had to go from King's Landing to Driftmark. Because like, as you hear in the conversation from uh, Princess Rainey's and Lord Corlys Valerian talking later on, it was not a friendly journey to make the king come from King's Landing down to Driftmark, where it was a long, arduous, rainy, tumultuous journey for the king to take. And you see the effects of that journey on him right away, like you said. Mm. Well, and then they get back pretty quick. Well, they go down there basically to secure a Rhaenyra's match, which they agree to, and like Dylan had alluded to earlier, we find out that... um, Prince Lenor is not interested in marrying her, and they kind of know this because they're cousins, but he's like, we could make a deal, and they kind of make a deal where, you know, you can, we'll be married, but you can get whatever you want on the side. Yeah, kind of proposing an open relationship, and it's actually Renera that proposes this to yes. Lenor, and I thought that was very interesting because Lenor had his known paramour, whereas Renera. They were like, wait, who's Rhaenyra's paramour? Who is who's she wanting to keep seeing? And that was like one of the mysteries earlier on in the episode 
on their side of things. Mm-hmm. Which we, as the viewer, knew who it was. Right. I do think some interesting things have taken place here. Because we kind of cut back over to the kingdom and we see the queen like begging, saying that she didn't want her father to go and that, you know, Rhaenyra said that he, it didn't happen and he's like, I like to, I actually like this interaction because even though he's been kind of like a, like a snake, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, kind of pushing his own ambitions, he's seen as somebody who he's doing it for her and for their kids. Because as he says, if Rhaenyra becomes queen, she'll put them all to the sword because she'll have to. Which I don't necessarily agree with. Like, he just has a very pessimistic view on all of it. Which, again, as he just has a very pessimistic view on Rhaenyra and her reign. And I, I just... I, I don't know. There is some... This is my kind of beef with this episode, Dylan. I, I'm going ahead here. Yeah, yeah, go for it. But as you said, Chris, she finds out... The queen finds out that Kristen Cole... Or Cole, Sir Cole um, slept with Rhaenyra, right? Mm-hmm. And... Instead of being like, oh, okay, she didn't lie to me. Like, she didn't do anything with her brother. She almost takes it like, oh, well, she... She didn't do yeah. anything with her uncle. Yes, that's what I meant. Her uncle. Sorry, not brother. Uh, her uncle. And instead, it's, it's almost like she did, and she lied about it. You know what I'm saying? I think that where Alicent was more upset is that with the vehemency that Renera denied having had sexual relations with Damon, mm-hmm. she never mentioned to Allison, who is supposed to be her friend, even though they just, like, reconnected last episode after, like, years of, like, hating each other, pretty much. <laughs> you had that, like, coming together and, like, that moment last episode where their relationship was almost salvaged. And it was kind of built upon that salvaged relationship that Allison trusted her word that she didn't sleep with Damon. And she almost views it as like my best friend didn't tell me when they got what they wanted, you know, when they got their peace and uh, feels like she probably should have told her. And the fact that she was supposedly sullied by Damon was only half about who she was sullied by. It was the fact that she gave away her innocence, gave away her purity ahead of her wedding night. And it makes Mm. her less valuable as a political pawn. So stupid. So stupid. Anyway, sorry. Um, I will say that we, like, you know, going forward, she wanted Sir Kristen Cole alive and kept this information to herself because it gives her a piece. Yep. Gives her a playing piece, like a, you know, a pawn to move, if you will. And flashing forward to the end of the episode here, Allison stops Sir Kristen Cole from killing himself. And is like, stop, Sir Kristen. I'm going to use you. You're going to be mine from now on. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she was planting those seeds, I feel like, earlier on when she let him walk free without gelding him, without yeah. killing him like he asked for. Correct. And I think that's going to be... Uh... Yeah, major plot point going forward. But let's continue on there. So they kind of make a deal to wed and see whoever they want on the side. Princess Rhaenyra is uh, sailing back to King's Landing. And on the boat, she's... <laughs> Sir Cole is giving her a speech that we have heard so many times in so many movies by so many women. Yeah. Um, usually where it's like, give up this hopeless cause, just run away with me. And this time it's him saying... 
just run away with me, just like you said to uh, Essos. And she says, uh, no, I'm going to choose the throne. I want power. Power. I'd rather be infamous than have whatever we have. Yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, hey, go for it. And so that obviously does not sit well with him, and he kind of goes off, and that's later on he, you know, admits to the queen what happened, and she spares his life and, you know, doesn't punish him because, again, she wants this piece. And so we get to, oh, we actually skipped a really big piece here. Let's circle back to Damon. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, the wedding's starting. Well, the wedding ceremony, which is a jo- it's going to be like a giant feast and then jousting and then the actual ceremony. Spoiler alert, none, none of that, of that really happens. happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you just get the feast at the beginning, right? The reception, yes. if you will. And all these people are here, all these lords and ladies, and you have the lord of Old Town telling the queen later on, like, hey, we're with you. And right, right. His wife was just sitting there smiling like, yeah, we're going to mess these people up for coming at us. Like, okay, you, none of you have dragons. No, but you know what's significant about that is that the the beacon of Old Town is green when they're preparing for war, calling yeah. the banners for war. They knew that. They knew what that symbol meant. So when they say that to Allison, it's their way of saying... We got your back. We we're down with what you're putting out here. We know you're like ang- you're like calling it calling out a message, and we're receiving it loud and clear. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting because in the next episode, we're going to have a flash forward. What is the relationship going to be like between Brenera and the Queen's children, Aegon and the other boy who I don't think we know the name of, or I don't remember his name. I don't think they have told us the name of the queen's other children yet. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what their relationship is because she's supposed to raise them to rule, but like, how are you going to be sitting there like, oh, yes, this is your sister, but at the same time, like, but be ready, you're going to have to kill her someday. Like, you know what right. I mean? How right. does that kind of work out? Um, so I'll be interested to see how, how that does. Maybe she takes them and raises them somewhere else. I think that would be the best way to really start to brood... Um, you know, this conflict between them. And then we also have Damon too. So we're, we're seeing Let's a circle three, back to him now. Yeah. I, I was going to say, we're seeing a real kind of three headed monster emerge here. We have Renera with, you know, the Valerians kind of at her side. Now that she's married her cousin, uh, we have Damon who now owns the rune mark, the rune stone. So What's basically just think of uh, the Vale. From Game of Thrones is where okay. he's gonna like inherit their army and like because he their killed warship. his wife, the jerk. Well, that's actually something I wanted to talk to you about. So at the very beginning of this episode, we see Damon's long mentioned, never shown before wife mm-hmm. riding around, looking like you know just a lady out for a hunt and a ride, and like someone who knows what they're doing. And in fact, she's like a renowned horseback rider and like known for being really good on horses. So like she ends up coming back and she sees Damon. She immediately knows it's Damon and thinks that he's there for ill intent. However, Damon never says a word to her. What he sa- what he does is he like holds out his arm forward and like starts walking towards her, like trying to like calm the horse or whatever. But then her actions is she was getting spooked and reached back to like grab her bow and her fear 
transitioned into the horse, and the horse bucked and ended up knocking her free from the saddle and falling on her and breaking her neck, basically. Yeah. Paralyzing her from the neck down. Now, whatever Damon's actual intentions were there, I don't know. Because he only killed her when she added insult at the end and, you know, pointed out, I knew you couldn't finish. And, like, then he grabbed the rock and then he made sure she died. So I don't know what Damon's actual intent was when he went to go and see her versus what ended up happening because she got afraid and got spooked. Well, he didn't say anything, so that may, makes me think it wasn't anything good. No, I think what it probably was, best case scenario, was he was there to like officially like end their marriage one way or another. And yeah. I don't know if... like how he would do that if there was, like, divorce court back in well, Westeros. And I don't think there was, but... Exactly. This yeah. was the way to end it. And also, too, I don't blame her for being spooked because he's just there randomly. Where's his freaking dragon? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Why did he enter all secretly? Yeah. And also, I mean, I wouldn't have reached for my bow. I would have just kicked that horse and, like... Galloped forward, yeah. Yeah. But either way, she's gone, and now he's owns the veil, basically, and... That's going to be a point of contention as we go forward. It seems like it's something important, right. but that gives him power behind him, which is what I'm saying by this three-headed dragon. Which is the sigil of House Targaryen, a three-headed dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have Rhaenyra as one head with all of the might of Driftmark. You have Daemon with the might of the Vale. And then you have Aegon with Old Town. Yeah, yeah. Old Town Road, or whatever that song is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but we have the feast. There's dancing. Damon shows up. Uh, some very interesting things happen here because, as I said, I laid it out so cleanly. Like, there was these three separate heads to this dragon. Not quite so um, clean cut as that. As we're in this, uh, you know, dance, uh, Damon tries to swoon Rhaenyra. Which... Real quick, I thought that this was ridiculous. Like, yeah. why the heck would you, out in public, at her wedding feast, do, like, this romantic gesture really to your her. niece? Yeah, because he wants her power. Um, and now you have the other... Um, not Viserys. Um, nope, so it is Sir... Oh, my God. God, we just said this. Lenor Valerian. Yes, but his sister. Oh, um, yeah, I don't remember her name. Well, anyway, we have Lenor's sister, who is of the house Corliss Valerian. Yep. And she is smitten with Damon. So I think we're going to have some interesting tension there, too. Girl likes her some bad boys. Yeah, apparently. And so... I don't know what's going to happen because from that, but we're going to have some more tension. So maybe Renera doesn't have the drift mark. Well, so one thing I thought that was interesting, and I did like a little like refresher on my lore of this time period here. So Lenor's sister is actually older than him, which if you think about what that means, it's that how old um, the king and Renera were back when the king was supposed to marry um, this Valerian woman, when she was a child. Like, mm-hmm. that just shows you how much younger 
Lenor is in this time period than Rhaenyra. A little bit different in Fire and Blood, but that's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter, really. Um, mm. But yeah, I thought that it was very interesting how she's like, oh, maybe uh, you could show me later. Basically kind of flirting with Damon, and I think Damon's yeah. there for it. Oh, yeah. Well, she's a very attractive woman. Uh, anyway, that's my personal opinion on that, I suppose. Uh, sorry. Watch Alexis. out, Alexis. <laughs> um, yeah. But so we have this going on, and then all of a sudden, um, like you had said earlier, Lenor's bodyguard, men at arms, the Knight of Kisses. Sworn sword. He's called the court sword, yes. Sworn uh, that sword, he, not court sword. The sworn, oh, well, you know, either way. Um, he's He has a relationship with, um, on the side, ends up telling Corliss, Carlos, oh my gosh. <laughs> Sir Kristen Cole. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Sir Kristen Cole, that, you know. Oh, Bowls up his spot. <laughs> and it, it really just, I think for Cole, it's the culmination of having people lord this over his head and him not being able to do anything over it and it's just like i'm done snaps and he just beats the crap out of him kills him so i do wonder what ramifications are going to happen from that since he did not kill himself and he is alive still i'm surprised no one did anything there he they just let him get up and walk out so i'll tell you this like i don't feel like this is a big spoiler in the book fire and blood uh sir Kristen cole kills the knight of kisses at attorney Mm. And like bashes him like in a in in the tournament with a mace to the head, and he dies from the wounds that he suffers there. Nothing happens to him. Um, so this, they're probably though, just substitute substituting in a little bit. Yeah, this though is a little bit different because this was at the wedding, well, wedding feast, yeah. pre wedding feast with all of the lords of Westeros around. Everybody sees this happening. It's not in a stage where there is allowed combat. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he punches his head to a pulp is pretty brutal. Yeah, and it just seemed almost unnecessary. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just overdone. Like, it was almost done to that extent to just have something happen at this wedding. And it's fine. Whatever. I don't really care that much. Same result as it would have been in the books. Yeah. So... Like I said, for me, like, the change made sense based on previous changes because of, like, how much it's messing with Sir Kristen, like, mm-hmm. with the the weight of everything he's carrying on him, on his conscience, how he feels it's sullied his name and his honor, and just how everyone seems to be, like, okay with the fact that he did this. They're just going to use it against him when they want to. And so they're lording it over him. And this guy just, like, let his tongue flap a little too freely. And he got what kind of was coming to him. Especially when he's in a situation where he's just, like, watching this woman he loves or wants to be with marrying some other guy. And it's not the same, you know? So I can can see the tension being high there. Um, That's kind of... It. I mean. Well, I do want to talk oh, about sorry. the actual we wedding. Have a, yeah. So afterwards, yes. Thank you. Uh, we have a little ceremony. No one's there except pretty much the essentials: the hand of the king, the king, uh, the, the septon, the parents. Yeah, and the septon. And um, as they are getting married, they both seem like this is a terrible. Nobody thing wants this to be happening. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. upset. 
Lainor is crying while he's saying his vows to Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra is like, oh my god, I still gotta do this. And meanwhile, a rat is just drinking the blood of the Night of Kisses. And then, right at the very end, King Viserys collapses. Right. And when that happened, I was like, this has to be why he was pushing for the wedding to happen anyway. He looked down earlier in the night, saw his blood dripping from his hand, probably felt like he might die, and was like, you know what? We're getting this wedding done now while I'm still able to make these decisions. This is happening. I don't care that your lover died, Lenor. I don't care that you're actually gay. Renera. you're going to make some errors with this man here. I don't care what he likes. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, definitely an area where the king was enforcing his will because he thought he didn't have much time left. And you just see him collapsing at the end here. Yeah. That is something here throughout this episode. You just see his deterioration of health. Yeah. And I know we didn't really touch on that, but we saw a lot of that. Anyway, I that's kind of it for me with this episode. Uh, really enjoyed it. I thought it had a very nice ending there and kind of scared for the next one with the big time jump that I know that's is coming. That's what I want to touch on, actually, before we get out of here. Is okay. I, I want to say um, great job to all the actors and actresses involved mm-hmm. in the show so far. And I know that some of them are going to be aged out of the series, which which is is very unfortunate considering how good of a job they did leading up to this. Mm -hmm. However, I do want to see how these new actors and actresses actually work. Like, I'm interested to see them function in these roles as these characters that we've come to know over the first five episodes here. And so whether they'll do as good of a job, not as great of a job, or equal footing, it's up in the air. We'll see how it actually turns out, but I'm excited to see how this actually continues to go because up to this point, I feel like season one of House of the Dragon has been quite good. Yeah, I agree with you completely. It's going to be fun to see how they continue on with those parts, and if there's any slight discrepancies, I'm sure there won't be because you know you have a million people watching this, and that's probably something they were definitely looking. I think for, it's but... more than a million, to be honest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, but but with all of that being said, that's going to be it for our coverage of House of the Dragon Episode 5 here. So this is going to be Two Nerds signing off. See ya. Dracarys.